You're listening to the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast, episode 55. It's time to look at weight loss in a whole new way. Instead of focusing on calories in, calories out, you'll learn how to use your brain to transform your body and heal your relationship with food. If you're ready to lose your weight for the last time, you're in the right place. Because it's more than what you eat. It's who you are when you're eating. This is the Mindful Weight Loss Podcast. Here's your host, life and weight loss coach, Dr. Michelle Tupman. Welcome to the podcast. This week, we're talking nutrition coaching. And I think this is a really important distinction to make because frequently on this podcast, we're talking about mindset. We're talking about managing your emotions. We're talking about all of these life skills that you need to master if you want to be successful on your weight loss journey, or in fact, successful in reaching any goals that you might have related to health. And I think it's important that we also talk about the nutrition side of things because it is still important. And to that end, I'm joined on the podcast today by Jolene Hermanson. She is a nutrition coach and a mindset coach. And we had all the intentions in the world of talking about nutrition, but our conversation quickly evolved into talking about mindset and the brain and all the ways the brain likes to get in the way of us actually doing the nutrition piece of things. And I think this really just just goes to show how crucial the mindset and the brain aspects to weight loss and health are. And in fact, we get so into all of the analogies. You're going to learn about how your brain is like a pickle. You're going to learn about what happens when a rogue wave hits you on your journey. And you're going to learn how weight loss and health goals are really like a ball going down the lane in a bowling alley. And so this discussion with Jolene is Full of so many useful nuggets and I cannot wait to get to it. Now, Jolene is a Precision Nutrition Level 2 Certified Nutrition and Mindset Coach and she's a wife and a mama of a five-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. She's been on both sides of the health pendulum from apathetic to anxious and she knows now that peace lies in building skill sets you practice and learn to master over time. She primarily helps women who work out, but who aren't getting the results they're looking for, break away from all or nothing thinking and tracking precise calories and macronutrients. She teaches them instead how to use a combination of both external and internal guidelines to reach their goals. She explores their strengths, values, and body knowledge with them and uses those things to build success. Success from within helps them to increase their consistency, create food peace, and decrease their cravings. And so without any further delay, here is the interview with Jolene Hermanson. Jolene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me. So I'm very excited to have you here because number one, you're Canadian, just like me, and I don't get the opportunity to interview Canadians very often. So I'm already happy about that. And we also have similar background in terms of training. We've both trained with Precision Nutrition, um, which was just such an excellent program for us to learn, you know, basics about nutrition and coaching nutrition in particular. But we've taken different um, approaches with this, I think. So I would love to hear how you came to be a nutrition coach and what your story behind all of that is. Yeah. Um, so I, I became a nutrition coach, I think it would have been when I first got certified with them in 20. 20, I think it was during the pandemic, actually, I used that time to like, get certified lift level one. Um, and the reason why I did that was, I think I was always sort of my, my original career is in geology and earth sciences. And I have a master's of science um, in hydrogeology and geochemistry. And one of the things I was really felt like I was missing in that job was some was the human connection. So I was working on a lot of projects with science-based in earth sciences, but I was, I felt like I was always missing just, there was something not quite there that I was missing. So when I learned about precision nutrition and I saw the way their coaching philosophy on, on deep health and coaching of the whole person, not just like macros and calories, it really resonated with me. And another reason it really resonated with me was because I had recently been going through um, learning a lot about dementia. My father has early onset dementia. And 
working a lot in learning about why that would happen to somebody and all of the different lifestyle and nutrition and stress-based factors. So that was weighing very heavy on me when I learned about PN. And so that deep health coaching really just hit me. And I, and I really wanted to learn about it and dig into it and didn't know if it would go anywhere, like career-wise. I just really wanted to learn about it. Um, and so then as I went through it, the, the level one is very science-based. It's all about the nutrition science and a little, it gets a little bit into coaching, but then I learned that level two was really all about coaching and like the psychology behind change and, and the psychology behind coaching and that coaching relationship. So then I signed up for level two, which at that time was a year long program. And it really, really, really aligned well with, um, what we, we had talked about before the, this call was, was life coaching and, and the, um, just the, the, I think more of the, the social psychology behind change. And so anyways, that, that really is where I put a lot of my focus now on with my clients is in more of a deep health and, um, trying to almost help them. A lot of my clients are women who have spent a lot of time calorie counting, macro counting, all or nothing mindset, very like a lot of stress and anxiety around food, around their body, helping them to bridge into more um, of an intuitive based approach, but also having some structure when it comes to macros so that they're not, they, they feel like they've got that structure and boundary, but they're also learning the intuitive skills to kind of bridge, bridge that gap. And I just, what I love to see is women go from that sort of stressed and like controlling and worried state to a more very peaceful, calm and in control and, and um, not even really worrying about food so that they can worry about bigger things in their lives. Right. Yeah. And I've never named precision nutrition specifically, but I have told the story of how I came to coaching on this podcast many times and it was precision nutrition that changed everything for me. So mm -hmm. I'm a woman who I've struggled since my teen years with my weight, been mm -hmm. on every diet out there. I've done Weight Watchers seven times. Like it's, it's just, I've, I've always been counting something um, and being very miserable doing it. And right. I discovered um, Precision Nutrition's coaching program many, many years ago. Um, and so I did, I think, three rounds of it as a client. And the first two rounds that I did, I actually never engaged in the coaching piece of it. I just sopped up all of the information that they gave me um, in terms of the nutrition, you know, part of it, and then tried to make my counting better. And so I never even finished either of those two rounds because it just felt like the same thing that I was always doing. And then when I signed up for the third time, I decided I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to do everything they offer me. And I, I, I took my my one to one sessions with the coach that they offered. And that mm -hmm. is who introduced me to this concept of deep health. And I thought, oh, my, hey, there's something there is something to this. So I went ahead and did certification in level one of precision nutrition for my own benefit, never having the intention of becoming a coach myself. I just wanted to learn more about what my PN coach had taught me. And I got so interested in that concept of deep health that I went out looking elsewhere um, for other, other types of coaching. And that's what led me to um, Brooke Castillo and the Life Coach School. And so that's the journey that kind of brought me to, to where I am now. And I think that was the first time I had ever heard of weight loss or just eating for health to be more than just about the macros and more than mm -hmm. just about the food, that there was this whole other human behind what we eat um, that mm -hmm. we had to look at if, if we wanted to embrace a healthy lifestyle. And um, so, you know, precision nutrition was really the thing that turned everything around for me. Um, so Very you know, cool. yeah, e eternally yeah. grateful for that. And it's, um, the story of your father resonates with me as well. And, you know, my dad passed away, um, just the year before COVID, um, mm -hmm. and he had cancer, but was a perfectly healthy guy on no medications before all of that. And it all just kind of hit very quickly. And 
it, you know, I think when that happens to a parent, you, you worry about your own future and, you know, what's in store for you in terms of your life and your health risks. But you also learn just how precious life is and that desire to actually yeah. be healthy and take care of yourself in the best way possible. And also to, you know, maybe take a look at where your your balance are, you know, in terms of work and, and everything else and prioritize the things that are actually really important to you. Um, so I think yeah. I think when these big events happen um, in our lives, they're they're often a point for us to to pivot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I mean, I had my own, you know, um, food and body body image things when since I had been a teenager. Um, and so and I had gone through kind of like I call it that pendulum where when I was a teenager, I, I think I worked at McDonald's. I had, you know, gained a bunch of weight. I was very sedentary. And that wasn't who I was inside. That wasn't how I identified, but somehow I had become through my behaviors, I'd become this person that I didn't recognize anymore. And then in university, I, that switched and I said, you know, I'm, this is it, I'm done. I'm going to become an athlete again. And I started running and running and running and running. And I dropped a whole bunch of weight, but I didn't understand the nutrition piece. Like I had no knowledge of nutrition or any of the, the skills that PN teaches the the, the fundamental skills of deep health. I didn't know any of that. So it was a very, I want to say a very unhealthy way for me to like, you know, lose weight. And I was trying to sort of gain control, but in like a very restricted way. And so then when I wasn't able to run so much because I actually had responsibilities and like a job and everything else, I was, it caused this deep anxiety in me that I, I couldn't exercise it off anymore. And I didn't understand that actually it was the nutrition that was the thing. And like, and the reason why I couldn't control my nutrition was because I was undernourished in mostly protein and vegetables. Like I wasn't eating enough of those things. So that caused my anxiety to be worse. Like, like my physiological body, like my body was like de depleted. And then also um, because I wasn't, didn't understand the emotional regulation piece I was sort of like using food to help me through that and it was this like back and forth like like restriction and then like eating too much and then restriction and eating too much and I just didn't I didn't understand what was happening and I think it, I eventually did get you know some knowledge and control over that but when I when I learned about PN I was like, oh, it's just skills. It's just skills that I don't, I didn't realize I was incompetent in. And then I started to practice these skills and I was, and I realized it like the nutrition piece is one skill set, but there's all these other skills that I then was able to practice myself and get better at. And that, that has helped like similar to you, that's helped me immensely in in building skills that I didn't even realize I wasn't um, competent in. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the case for so many women is they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Right. And, like, and they I think I, it's I a think diet thing. They think they, it's like a magic diet. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, and it totally makes sense, right? Because if you want to lose weight or build muscle or, you know, whatever your goal is, the first thing that you think about is food and you stop there. Right. And it, unless somebody tells you that there's so much more to this than just the food, but then the food is also a part of it. And I find like that is one of the biggest challenges in coaching weight loss specifically is that we kind of have to untangle all of that stuff and that I want to teach the nutrition so that people are eating um, in a healthful way for themselves, but without encouraging all of the counting and, you know, demonizing food groups and, you know, all of the other things that, you know, you know, the quote unquote diet culture has taught mm -hmm. women to do all of these years and encourage them to really start to look at all of the other stuff, the sleep, the stress management, the emotional regulation, the, you know, time management, even in, in lots of cases, like all of these other things are if not more important than at least foundational to put into place all of the stuff that, um, all, all of the nutritional stuff that you need to do to lose weight or be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think when we, 
when you talked about like when something happens like that to a parent or to anybody you love and it, you start you kind of zoom out and you're like looking at the it forces you to look at the big picture of life and I think what can happen to a lot of us especially as women is we're very zoomed in we're very like focused on you know is do carrots have too many carbs do am I allowed to eat this bread like that's very zoomed in. And, and so when we, when we're like that, it causes a lot of stress and pressure because we're, we're focusing, we're stuck in the weeds. And so when we zoom out to look at our deep health and our life as a whole and how our behaviors of eating are showing up in like, like the way we're eating is the way we look at life in a way. And so when we zoom out like that and look at what you'd said, like, at how we're working, how we're, how we're dealing with stress. Um, that's, I think when we can actually start to fix those things and then the eating kind of follows it because the eating is just the way we're eating is just a symptom of a lot of those other things. Agree completely. Yeah. Agree completely. And I think, um, many women, when they step back and, and look at their nutritional lives as a whole, they can see, like they, they know what eating healthy is and what, what it isn't, right? Like, I don't think I've ever met a woman who didn't know that you should be eating vegetables, that vegetables is a part of a healthy diet, right? Mm -hmm. And yet they don't do it because when you're stressed out, do you crave vegetables? No, Right. right? You know, if you're emotionally exhausted, do you eat vegetables to make yourself feel better? No. Right. If, if you're not sleeping and you're t- eating to keep yourself awake all day, is it vegetables you turn to? No. Right. Mm-hmm. So all of these things, um, you know, right. definitely, you know, come together um, for all of this. It's fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah totally. That um, like Brooke talks about it, right? Like when we're stressed, that primal, our primal brain, our primal body kicks up and it's like it's going to take control and I I love the analogy that that um well it's not pn it's another I can't remember the authors of the book but they have the analogy of the elephant and the rider where the rider is our that's our prefrontal cortex and the the elephants the our our primal brain our primal body that has these deep needs and desires and when as the rider we're just trying to jerk the elephant where we want it to go it's going to rebel it's going to do the things that we don't want it to do so it's a lot of it is just about i think reestablishing like that connection with our with our body with our what's happening for us like mentally emotionally physically like really noticing and paying attention rather than just trying to buffer it and make it go away by eating well exactly and i think i think one of the greatest challenges is that women don't understand that they're buffering or that Mm. they're using food to anesthetize uncomfortable things because Mm. we just get into this habit we do it for so long that it becomes second nature right it's this total primitive brain driven response and we don't even know that it's happening and right. so one one of what my work is in coaching women is to teach them exactly what you just said to to teach them how to reconnect their mind and body so that they can you know first of all have some awareness of what's actually going on when they're reaching for the wine or reaching for the doritos or you know the ice cream or or whatever it is and then understanding that you know you do you do have this prefrontal cortex right you do have this other brain system that you can recruit to come be in charge of these decisions. It doesn't have to be um, the primitive brain all of the time. But until you're actually aware of, of what is going on with that primitive brain and what your um, you know habitual instincts are around food, it's very difficult to change any of it. And like I think this is why 90, 95% of you know traditional diets fail, right? It's because you don't change these patterns in your brain. And so as soon as you stop whatever diet you've bought into, or as soon as life gets hard, you just default back to your old patterns and mm-hmm. your, you know, your weight comes back on again. So unless you change those instinctual ways of reaching for food, you won't have, you won't have lasting weight loss. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I have 
also experienced recently too, where clients have made, like I work with clients one-on-one right now and um, have made like really amazing progress. And we, we talk a lot about like cravings and, and the like how we can try to manage cravings by what we're eating like adding more food that we to help us reduce cravings but the cravings will still come up so I have like I help them with tools about like processing those uncomfortable feelings and comfortable emotions basically like navigating through that and 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 being like a narrator so to speak like so that you're really watching and talking about what's happening in your body Um, and I've had a client who went from like constantly having cravings at night to now it's been three months and she doesn't get them, but had a time recently where all of a sudden she was kind of caught herself mindlessly eating again. And she was very disappointed in herself because it had really been like three months since that had happened. And her, her issue I guess with like forgiving herself for it was she was worried that if she forgave herself that that was a a tick a free pass ticket to keep doing it and so one of the other things you know is talking to clients about how this is a practice and that it's the analogy I used was like a surfer so you know a surfer that you 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 want to learn how to surf so you you spend like three months you're learning how to like get up on the waves you're learning how to like read the waves you're learning you're doing really well you're surfing most of the waves you can get up on all of a sudden a rogue wave comes and knocks you over and you like the board hits you in the head and you end up with a mouthful of sand is that surfer gonna say oh okay like I can't surf anymore I might as well just give up and go sit on the beach like no the surfer's gonna be like well that was a rogue wave and maybe if they take it further they might be like was there any indication that that wave was coming like did I really not know it was coming if I had been really looking and was there any warning signs ahead of time that I could have looked for and so and maybe not maybe there wasn't but then they just keep getting up and keep practicing it doesn't mean anything about their skill level necessarily as a surfer just that they're going to continue to like learn from it if they can and then get back up and keep practicing so it's like that skill of self-compassion where you're not you're not letting yourself off the hook there's still boundaries that you you want to create for yourself but at the same time being kind and understanding that it's just part of the practice it was so I I agree with that so much and what I often tell people is that it is not how well you adhere to whatever protocol of eating you've given to yourself it's how well you're able to forgive yourself when you eat something off plan or you eat something that you didn't want to and get back at it because this, 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 this is what happens is you hit a rogue wave, right? And then you beat up on yourself and you quit. Right. And, and so understanding that this is just going to happen. And, um, I heard an analogy, um, recently that's maybe a little weird, but it actually makes sense. And this guy was talking about, um, cucumbers and pickles. And saying that, you know, once you pickle a cucumber, you can't ever turn it back into a cucumber. It's going to be a pickle forever. And and so he was using this to describe, like, once you have um, a habit burned into your primitive brain. um, So, you know, I don't know, reaching for ice cream when you're anxious, for instance. Once you've done that, you've turned the pickle or you've turned the cucumber into the pickle. So that is always going to be there. And so even if you are, you know, if, if it's been 20 years, not just, you know, three months of not having, you know, nighttime snacking or whatever, but it's 20 years, every once in a while, you're still going to get that urge, right? If you talk to smokers, um, you know, they'll still every once in a while out of the blue, just get this urge for a cigarette, even if they quit 20 years ago. And that's just because that part of your brain has been pickled and you can't unpickle it. But what we can do is create more pickles in different parts of our brain that are even more pickly than <laughs> that that than the original ones and like that that analogy helps people sometimes because it makes them understand that they haven't done anything wrong if right. they get a craving and eat it's just literally what their brains do and once they understand that it's just going to happen from time to time you're going to hit a rogue wave right 
then it's yeah. easier, I think, to just um, wipe wipe the slate clean and and get back at it. I think it's easier to find self compassion when you can understand, you know, that this is just the way brains work. It's not it's not my fault. So I love that yeah. analogy of the pickle and the cucumber. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to some podcast somewhere and, and he said it initially and I'm like, what? And then he kept talking about it and I'm like, oh, you know what? This, this makes sense. So I've noticed like in my own, in my own life, like there's specific times when I get cravings for certain foods and I just say, oh, it's my pickles. And like, it totally <laughs> calms me down. <laughs> so when you, when you, when you see, like get those cravings and you don't make it mean anything about you as a person, but you're just mm-hmm. like, that's just the pickle. Does it help you? Like, do you then find it's easier for you to allow that urge to be there and move through yeah, it? Or yeah. do you find it, you're like, I'm going to eat the thing I want? No, no, it, it totally mm-hmm. does help me. And um, I love mm-hmm. that, that language of allowing the urge. Cause that's exactly what we teach people to do in in programs at Waza is allow the urge is to just sit mm-hmm. with that uncomfortable feeling of wanting the food and exploring that a little bit and mm-hmm. as soon as I say oh that's my pickle it's it's like I it, it settles me it settles me into it and I can look oh. at that with curiosity and it usually takes mere seconds for me to understand what's going on and my craving passes like li- literally seconds. Like I did this, I did this last night. Um, my husband and I went to see the new Top Gun movie, which is absolutely fabulous, by the way. What? Highly recommend. I did not know. Yeah. So That's good. Okay. So good. Yeah. No, it's yeah. maybe even better than the first. It was so good. What? Um, but wow. we, ca- we came home and it was late and I allowed myself to have some popcorn um, at the movies, which I really don't do you know very often um but we had decided ahead of time to make an event out of this and when I start eating like junk food like that I tend to get cravings for more and Mm -hmm. so we get home and I'm super tired I'm already getting stressed out because like today's really busy and we have a flight coming and you know all, all of this stuff and so I had this combination of just having popcorn which tends to set me off being totally exhausted, which is also a trigger for me, and being stressed about, you know, the next day. So I had mm-hmm. these three things and all I could think about was chocolate cake. And I was like so close to saying to my husband, you got to go find me some somewhere, honey. And then I realized, oh, you know, these are my pickles, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to sit with this. It makes total sense why I'm having these cravings. This is what I've always done. And I, within 30 seconds, it was just, it was gone. I had a glass of water. I went to bed and, and it was, it was totally fine. And it started with me saying like, these are my pickles or like, I mean, saying like, it's a rogue wave, like that would work (laughs) for me as well. What you're doing is that, that practice in PN where they talk about noticing and naming, like you've named, you've labeled it as your pickle. Yeah. And that, but I think that, that even I, I really like that analogy because it even brings up an image of me, of my brain, literally like the neuro, the the neurons in there, like whatever pathways are in there, like the pickled part of it. Right. I really like that. Yeah. 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 I I like that too. And and that, that's really also an example of the, the compassion where you're like, oh yeah, that makes total sense that I want, of course I want chocolate cake right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I I like I swear, like a year ago, this would have been me beating myself up. It's like, what's wrong with you? Like, right. you don't want chocolate. Why are you wanting chocolate? Like, and like this, you know, berating myself, you know, sort of thing. And yeah. it is so impossible to allow an urge if you're beating yourself up for having it. Right. Well, then you're yeah. really just resisting it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I think is what a lot of people think that allowing yeah. an urge is, is like, okay, I'm just going to let it happen and then it should yeah. be gone. But it, yeah. That's not really allowing it. It's resisting it. No, no. And when you resist it, the craving just gets worse. Yeah. Right. I've been there a million times. Like that's another one of my pickles is resisting urges. Right. So um, it's um, you, you just get into this cycle. Yeah. 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 No, it's it. um, yeah. That, very cool. I'm going to use that one. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> no, no. I think I think it actually came from um, addictions literature originally. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I, I think the, the analogy works 
in this in this instance as well is that you know you can't undo the neural connections you have in your brain they're just always going to be there but you can build other ones that are stronger exactly right yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah Yeah. i love that i I, I love it i love it too Yeah. yeah yeah and you know the 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 other thing you you mentioned also is like i just want to go back to this this idea of beating yourself up when you do something that you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, one of the things that we always encourage, and I, I think Precision Nutrition teaches this as well, is, you know, celebrating everything. Like every little step that that you do is a big mm-hmm. deal. And I think so, I mean, to go three months without having a nighttime craving or giving into a nighttime craving, what, what, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. that is huge. Three oh, months. Yeah. Big yeah, deal. No, right? it was it's and, been incredible. Yeah. But and, then you and have it's not one that she night. hasn't had the cravings, it's just that she she's been working through them. Working through um, them. Yeah. You, yeah. Very similar to what you just talked about. And so yeah. it just yeah. took her by surprise when all of a sudden um she was eating. Yeah. And it was yeah. the same with you. It was yeah. just like yeah. a perfect storm of like dealing with children and like they were out yeah. and it was in the public and it was just a lot yeah. going on for her. And it, yeah, yeah, it totally made sense. And right? so, and this is also exactly the reason why you can't teach only the food, right? Exactly. I mean, if, if you just give someone a macro ratio to meat and say like, have at it, right? You do this, you're going to be fine. And then you yeah. have that perfect storm of an evening with the kids and the fatigue and, and everything else. And you yeah. haven't been taught how to manage yourself around that. I mean, the macros are never going to be successful. No. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's like the hardest part sometimes when I, when I get newer clients who that's what they want, they want a macro plan and they want to like, you know, track how many carbs and all this stuff. And it, and it's hard for me to, at first, just to like, kind of bring them a lot, like into the fold of sort of how I coach and I mean, I'd be curious to know if, if, if how you describe that, like if, if, if you do it right at the start of your coaching or if your, your marketing speaks for itself so that clients know what to expect when they um, sign up with you. I think for the most part, I do that as well. But it, I do find, especially at the beginning, there's a, a bit of a trust there where they clients are worried that if they let go of the tracking and the calorie counting and the macro counting that they'll let go of everything or let like they won't work. So it's, there's a, there's a trust before they, they start to see it working. And then they, I notice they let go they start to be more calm, yeah. but there's yeah. like a, I, yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly on that. Mm-hmm. And I think my marketing and my messaging is quite clear that if you're wanting a diet plan or a macros ratio plan to follow, I am not your gal. Um, right. Like I, I think, I think I'm quite clear about that. And every yeah. once in a while I'll, I'll get on a consult call with somebody who um, clearly communicates that that's, they just want somebody to tell them what to eat and when to eat it and how much of it to eat. And then they'll be fine. And I'm like that. I'm not your girl. Like I'm, I'm sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll try to do some teaching around why, why that's the case. But I think it takes a while for people to, to hear that message right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just not what we've been told from, you know, the media and from the diet industry um, for decades is mm-hmm. that, you know, if you want to lose weight, you've got to count something, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And it becomes, yeah. it becomes challenging. And um, I find though that it, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of one client in particular and Michelle, if you're listening, um, I'm, I apologize, but I'm telling your story, but she, she signed up for my program and was counting macros, um, when she signed up and had been, um, counting macros for quite some time. And she had started Weight Watchers with a parent when she was a young girl and had sort of grown up mm-hmm. in this environment of always counting something points or calories and, and now macros. And she was terrified of letting it go. And I think it was my fitness pal on her phone and I made her take it off of her phone and I'm like just stick with me for a few months and let's see let's see how how you do Mm -hmm. and she was terrified and then still just trying to calculate macros in her head um Mm -hmm. you know for for a while as well and then eventually she started realizing that she was feeling much better and also losing weight 
And mm-hmm. so then she then she was sold. And now it's like six months down the road and she was out for dinner with a girlfriend who brought out her fitness pal app to they were out for dinner together and she was analyzing the menu trying to figure out what would fit, what would fit in to her macro ratio. And that's really when Michelle realized that, you know, her whole outlook on all of this had really changed. Like how far she'd actually had had come. Yeah. 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 And then another, another tool that we teach is the 24 hour plan. And and this is really when we decide ahead of time, what we're going to eat for the following day. And there's many purposes for this you know one is just to start eliminating all of the mindless eating you know Mm -hmm. and the you know the the things that you just grab without thinking about it Mm -hmm. and then to also start building some trust with yourself to to prove to yourself that you know you're the kind of woman that does what you say you're going to do for yourself so you know a few reasons why why we do this and um everybody is always so resistant (laughs) towards doing this and I'm, I say, you know, even just give it one week, just try it as an experiment for, for one week. And even the most reticent clients of mine are all over this concept of, of the 24 hour plan. Like they feel that it actually brings them freedom and that they spend two minutes in the morning planning their food and they don't have to think about food all day long like they normally do. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's, it's amazing what happens when, and I love that word trust, um, yes. when, when people just decide to trust this new way of, of doing things and then they collect evidence for themselves that, you know, whoa, like this, this stuff really does work, even though right. it feels a little bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious too, like, um, if you teach sort of, do you teach the hand portion method and like macros on a more of a, a broader sense, like what a protein dense food is, what a carbohydrate dense food is, what a fat dense food is. And teach them how to sort of build a balance plate from that kind of theory, or is it, or is it more of a, you know, as long as you're making a plan, you're more likely you're going to eliminate like fifty percent of the yep. mindless so eating. I I do teach the hand portions for sure, um, but I don't I don't teach nutrition beyond that until later on. Um, okay. So so what we try to do first is instill all of this all of the other stuff. Um, like to eliminate the mindless snacking, um, to become more aware of how they're eating currently. And then once they're comfortable with all of that, then we start looking at um, how to balance their um, their meals in a, in a healthier way. But I find um, when we do that part first, it just, um, and for my clients, the reason why most of them are overweight is because the emotional eating the nighttime snacking, the snacking in between meals, the binging um, alcohol in some instances as well. And so I I feel like that is the more important piece. And so Mm -hmm. once they feel like they've made some wins in that area, then we start to look at um, at balancing meals later. So we we do do it, but it's we just don't do it um, up front. I like what you said that about like with your, with your clients. I think that's really the the thing I'm realizing or have realized over the last like year and a half that coach, like there's only going to be different approaches to assume like you and I have very similar philosophies and we might coach a little differently because we might have different clients that want to meet, like we'll probably want to focus on different things um, at different times, like different um limiting factors and different strengths and so I think one like I like that I I like that idea of in PM they talk about that um quite a bit but I think once you start coaching a similar um type of type client of then that starts yeah. to be more and more clear of like where to start more or less right um, agreed and I, and I think it all comes down to what people's goals are right yeah. because if if you have somebody who's maybe just 10 or 20 pounds overweight and, you know, their goals are, you know, really just to get fitter, um, to be healthier, then it might make more sense to start with portions and a balanced plate and, and looking, looking at that. And then, you know, many of my clients have struggled with weight for decades, have, you know, 60, 80, hundred pounds to lose and will identify, you know, more emotional reasons for, um, 
for why they've gained that weight and why they're struggling to keep it off. And, right. and I, my feeling is cause I'm that same type of woman and that if you tell me how to balance a plate properly, I'm going to be, well, okay, well, yeah, that's great. But you try telling my very like anxious, stressed, overwhelmed, you know, brain <laughs> that that's what yeah. I need to do when the only thing I can think about is eating chocolate to calm me the hell down. Right. Right. And so totally useless at that point. Exactly. <laughs> but you get to a point then where you do solve that issue and now what? Right. right. And so then you do have to teach uh, nutrition. Right. Yeah. And and so I um, you know how precision nutrition teaches red light, yellow light, green light foods. Mm-hmm. I I teach it in a different way. Um, okay. And and I I use it. So if you look look at you know red light foods as being like totally processed, unhealthy, you know, full of sugar, you know, sort of stuff. A yellow light food is how are you going to make it just a little bit better? Mm-hmm. And so that might mean eating ice cream out of a bowl instead of instead of a carton, right? For instance, or that might ah. mean getting thin crust pizza instead of regular crust pizza. Just like one right. small upgrade. Right? Turning and that then, dial, exactly. that continuum. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then a green light is, you know, turning that dial just a little bit farther. So, you know, mm-hmm. maybe instead of having ice cream, you have a piece of fruit for the sweet. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or you know, maybe instead of the pizza, you order a salad with mm-hmm. a side of protein instead. Right? right. But it, it just has to be this gentle, gentle improvement. Yeah, um, I love and that I too. Find, making the yeah. plan, like making their twenty-four yeah. hour plan with that in mind. Yeah, exactly. And not having it have to be like green light foods all the way through if they're right. not, if they don't feel like confident. No, and in, if, they can follow that. If you take somebody who's been, and that's the other thing, is is like twenty-four hour plans have to be totally realistic and doable. You have mm-hmm. to look at your twenty-four hour plan and say, I am a hundred percent ready, willing, and able to mm-hmm. eat this plan today. And if mm-hmm. you're not, then you've got to look at, at changing it. And mm-hmm. people will, will like, look at me all of the time with like googly eyes. Like, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, you know what, if you have a cup of coffee and four cookies every day at three o'clock, we're not going to change that right away. So I want you to plan your cup of coffee and four cookies for three o'clock today. And then maybe next week, if you're feeling really good, we're going to change that from a cup of coffee and three cookies. And we're going to see how that goes. Right. Right. And it takes a while to get there. But then the thing is, is maybe just now they're just having their coffee and cookies Friday afternoon and that's it. And they feel totally okay with that because we've just done this, this gradual thing and they've built confidence around that all Mm -hmm. of the time. Right. That, right. that sort of evolution of, of I can do this. Yeah. yeah I think exactly. as the actions, as they start sticking to that plan, like you said, mm-hmm. their the thoughts about themselves, about their ability to follow through, start mm-hmm. to change. And then when those start, 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 thoughts start to change, it snowballs. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. the other thing I love about the 24-hour plan is you know, we have to teach a lot around it is if you eat off your 24 hour plan, totally fine. In fact, get excited because now we get, we have some data to work with. We Mm -hmm. get to look at what happened. Mm -hmm. Why? Like, what were you Mm -hmm. feeling? What were the circumstances? Who were you with? What time of day was it? Right. And if you collect enough of these, then you start to realize, oh gosh, you know what? I am also, I'm always eating off plan at three o'clock in the afternoon. Like what's, what's going on? Now we have, now we have something that we can actually troubleshoot and look at, right? Or it's like, I notice that every time I get off the phone with my mother, I go and have a snack, (laughs) right? And then like, we know, like we've got, we've got Mm -hmm. something to work with. And sometimes these things just don't actually seem obvious until you start looking for them. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think that's the huge benefit of of having a coach. Like you just don't. 100%. When you don't have a coach to like ask you those things, I mean, you could do it yourself. It's just often where we don't see it. And so when you have a coach to ask you and then you're walking through it and you're collecting that data together, it it becomes really obvious. And you're like, oh, I should have seen that before. But for some reason, because I'm in my own brain, I just didn't notice it. And because you're always like your brain's so busy judging you. It, well exactly <laughs> that you're right? doing the wrong thing you're doing yeah. you're not able to get curious about it 
Yeah, ex- exactly. And I, I think a, a coach really just functions to hold up the mirror for people mm-hmm. a little bit. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, and the and difference I, between a coach, I think sometimes some people come and they want, they're like, think they want like a consultant, like somebody to tell them what to do. And so it takes a little while for, to, for me, at least sometimes to explain to people that that's not what the role of a coach is necessarily. Like there is some of that if they want it, but like also, like you said, to hold up that mirror and help empower them to make that change from within. Yeah. 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 There, there, there has to be space for teaching, I think in coaching too, but the coaching, the coaching bit is so important because I think, you know, yeah. that's what gives clients the tools to, to understand how to look at their lives. Yeah. Right. And Going you, forward you just even. give them the so tools. Exactly. Needing, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They don't need somebody there all the time to help them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so interesting. I love the way that you've bridged uh, the PN practices with, with else like the life coach certification as well. Yeah, no, I, th- and I think, I think both pieces are essential and I, my, my true belief is one isn't going to work as well without the other, mm-hmm. without the other present, honestly. Mm-hmm. And like, I, th- I think that's why things really changed for me with precision nutrition. It wasn't because of the nutrition stuff I learned. It was because of the coaching piece of it. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And yeah. life changing, totally life changing. Yes. And I, yeah. I get, I get irritated sometimes. We were, what were we watching? Oh, Heartland. Have you ever watched this show? Um, I've seen it. You've on seen TV it? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's this, you know, Canadian horse show that is filmed yeah. nearby um, where I live. And I hadn't ever really watched it, but it was on Netflix. And um, I, I started I started watching it. And there was this one episode where a movie star comes to the ranch to learn how to ride horses for a role. And she is totally entitled and snobby and, you know, the whole stereotypical persona of a movie star. And as she's driving away, leaving like this total wreckage (laughs) behind her, she unrolls the window and says, I can't talk. Like I've got my life coach on the phone. And it just like, it just gave this whole, (laughs) this whole, like this very specific image of who life coaching is for. And it's just so not, so not the case. Like coaching is such a powerful tool. It really is. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I mean, now that I've been exper- exposed to it, it's it and realize the power of it, like that power of having that mirror held up to you. Um, yeah. Finding my own coach has been really important to me. Yes. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And just, yeah, I, I just, I, to me, it's one of the most valuable investments that I could make. A hundred percent. And I even have, like, I have a life coach, um, I, I, I'm in Corrine, uh, Corrine Crabtree's group. Like she's my, my personal weight loss coach, but I also have a life life coach that I just talk about everything else. And I don't think I could ever ha- not have one anymore. It's just been, um, so powerful to have yeah. this space to, um, explore my own shit and to actually like no longer accept my shit as my shit. It's like, right. I've got to, I've got to let that go now. <laughs> well, and I totally, and it's right. like, it's so yeah. exciting because you, you get to, you're, you're actively evolving yourself every, when you talk to them, like you're actively, you're, you're processing stuff, but it's not like they're a they're therapist where you're just like processing old wounds. You're, I feel like the a coach is so exciting because they're like, how do you want to change? What do you like? What is a goal that you have? Where are you now? Like, let's bridge that gap. What do we need to do to bridge that gap? And that's to me, when I used to like in the past, when I was having more anxiety and stuff, I went to a therapist and not that like, it was so valuable, but I think what I actually really needed was a coach. And I didn't know that. Like I was so lost in my career. It was just when I was doing my master's, like not enjoying my master's. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know. I needed a coach to like, be like, what do you want? And how do we get you there? Like the therapy wasn't really what I needed. So it was, it's interesting in hindsight, seeing that. And 
um, wishing now that I could have had a coach in my twenties. Like that would have been amazing. Oh, I know. Right. I can't tell you how many times that I wish I had a coach when (laughs) (laughs) things would have turned out so differently for me. But well, I, it sounds I, like they turned out really good. So maybe well, it was all meant to be. But. Right. I, I think you're right. We, we did get there. That definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely got there. Um, yeah. But you, you raise a good point of I, I don't think it matters what your goal is when you come to nutrition coaching. The coaching mm-hmm. piece is essential. Like whether like if you're an athlete who's training for some event, I mean, you definitely need, you know, coaching around that. You're just going to have a different set of challenges than somebody who needs coaching because of emotional eating, right? Right. And if you want to look at how you're feeding your body to, um, you know, mitigate risks of early onset dementia, you know, for for, for you, for example, you know, there's a a different set of challenges around that, that coaching can be helpful for. So I like, I think um, the educational piece of, you know, teaching people how to eat to reach their goals, one important step, but I think without the coaching on how to actually implement that and how to navigate the challenge and obstacles that are going to mm-hmm. come up when you change the way that you're eating, regardless of what your goal is, the coaching piece is in, like crucial for actually getting you to the point where you can um, commit to the changes to your nutrition that you want to do. Yeah, I had a colleague you know talk I mean? about it. It makes so much yeah. sense. If it's like you're at the bowling alley and you want to get your ball to the strike zone, or you want to get your ball to the end of that bowling alley. That's coaching is like the bumpers, the bumper uh, rails, right? Oh my gosh, so that I love that. Because yeah. when you're trying to make a big change or trying to transform in some way, it is hard. We're going against all those pickles like in our right? brain. And we're, yeah. we're trying to create new ones, but it's really difficult when life just is coming at us. And so with having a coach, it creates those bumper rails so that every time you get off track, you kind of hit the edge and then they get you back on track and then you hit another edge and they get you back on track and they just keep you going and focused on that one goal. I I love that analogy for so many reasons, right? Like, cause first, like the, the bumpers are there, like they're there. I don't care what goal you're chasing. There's going to be bumpers there. And without somebody to steer you back into the lane, you're going to go totally off in left field. Like I, I watch this with weight loss women all of the time. Like when they hit a bumper, it always goes one of two ways. They either decide to like double down and they go like the all or nothing all in, right? Mm-hmm. Which we all know is not sustainable <laughs> for very right. long. Or they beat themselves up so hard that they just quit, right? Coaching gently steers you right back into the lane. Yeah. And then the other thing that I love about that analogy is it's it's like unless you're like a total professional bowler, the ball never goes straight down the plane, right? Like for most of us, it's this, it's this zigzaggy up and down path all the way, all the way to our goals. Right. And, and coaching kind of just gives these softer edges, I think. Um, Yeah. 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 And I think it allows you to think about how you want to approach the goal too. So like you said, that all or nothing, or even if somebody had like a, financial goal and they were like going to do it themselves and their head was down and they were super focused they might never have the opportunity to be like is this how I actually want to do it like do I want to just be miserable and like head down or is there an is because I'm thinking in my head that there's no way I could reach a financial goal and still hang out with my friends or reach a weight loss goal and still be social with my family exactly whereas a coach is like no 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 like we can do this like is this how you want to do it yeah. You know, yeah. And help you set it up so you actually enjoy the journey more. Love it. Love it. And that's mm-hmm. why my, my tagline is losing weight with joy and confidence, because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be about suffering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the other thing that I love about coaching is, is, you know, we always talk about this act as if, right. And it's, it's so many women who are in bigger bodies and want to be in smaller bodies, think that their life can't really start until they're in that smaller body. So they're not going to date. They're not going to go for their promotion at work. They're not going to take a beach vacation. They're not going to do whatever it is until they've lost their weight. And, you know, coaching tools really teach you. It's like, what do you want? What do you want for your life? And let's get it right now. Like, let's, let's take steps to do that right now. So 
let's work on your weight loss and let's get you dating. Let's work on yes. your weight loss and let's coach you through that promotion at work. Right. And I love it, that. it doesn't, yeah. doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be this, you know, nothing can happen until, until weight loss. Right. Totally. And it's the same thing with your financial goal example, example is like, yeah, you are probably going to have to sacrifice some things to save X, Y, Z. But if you, if you have a coach there to help you prioritize, like what, what's really important to you. And maybe it means that you're, it takes a little bit longer for you to save whatever your, your goal is to save, but then you'll be so much happier along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, even just being able to articulate what your goal is, I think sometimes what we want is so vague and like I know up there, we don't yeah. take the time to sit down and a coach. I think one of my favorite things is at the beginning of a client relationship and pulling that out of clients of like, what yeah. is it that you want? What does that look like? How would you know that you're right. there? Like if you snapped yeah. your fingers tomorrow and it happened, what, how would your life be different? That is like, we don't do that with ourselves very often. No, we you don't. Know? So no, we even don't. Even that is yeah. powerful. Oh, I, yeah. I know. And it's, it's, it's crazy how, um, when, when clients first come into the nurse yourself program, we, we go through this whole exercise to identify, um, we call it your why power, like why you actually want to lose weight. And I would say nine times out of 10, they don't know. They don't know. They've been trying to lose weight for so long and they don't even remember why they started in the first place. And, you know, things, you know, things really change. And, and also nine times out of 10 women come to the conclusion, it's not actually the weight loss that they want. It's some other thing that they think they can't have unless they lose the weight. Right. Right. Which I see that for all different sizes of women too like so true oh yeah I've seen women very very small the same mindset and it's so true yeah Yeah. well and and that that just illustrates even more the point of why we need to teach people to live the life they want right now regardless of what their current circumstances are because even if you lose 100 pounds you're still going to find things to hate about your body right right I mean it's it's just it's just the way it's just the way we are like I'd it's hard to find any woman of any size who loves their body fully, right? We, we all just want to change something. And so if you can, if you can look at what you think changing your body is going to accomplish for you and then work on getting that thing right, as a separate piece from, from working on your body, it's, it's right. a really big mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so powerful. I feel like that comes a lot from the life coach school more like mm-hmm. working on that separate piece do you yeah. feel like after doing your certification through LCS that you that you feel a bit more um able to help women with those other things like those more general oh life things? gosh like so so much so oh, much yeah. and and but again I think that comes back to the type of of women that I like to coach mm-hmm. right and they're just women who have cho- chosen food as their way to buffer. Mm-hmm. Right? right. And right. so we, we almost have to coach on everything else going on in their lives to get some clarity around that piece. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I think, um, I think the life coaching bit is, is, is the crucial piece for, for my type of client. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very, it's, I think that's, Sometimes I see that even in PN right now, like the, cause I'm, go- I'm redoing it um, mm-hmm. so that I can become certified through the national board of right. sure. uh, wellness yep. coaches. Um, so I see that where it, a lot of times it's like um, personal trainers and I can tell there's a discomfort there to get in with, into more of the life coaching things. Sure. Um, because they're not, it's not, they're, they're not really, that's not their thing typically. Like they typically are there to work with clients on fitness and the nutrition Mm -hmm. is like a side piece. And that's, that's cool too. Like that's just a different approach. So it's just interesting because I'm more about like, I like to help people to process emotions to really, to figure out why they want the weight loss they want. And um, no, I don't do fitness. So it's a, just a different aspect of it. And I think clients just get to decide what, what they really want to work on and what that, right. exactly. what they need. 
Um, and so it's like, not like a one coach for everybody. It's like, there's no, so many different coaches. Right? You really so, need to do research on what you want. And exactly. They're that. so true. And in fact, just ironically, I used to be a runner um, many, many years ago. And I recently decided um, I was going to take it up again. And so I've joined this group called Not Your Average Runner, and it is this coaching community for women in bigger bodies who want to run. And so she has, you know, all sorts of different running programs inside this community, like to, to help you reach whatever goal that you're wanting. And then there's also just these coaching calls where you can bring anything that you need to the coaching call. And she's a life coach school um, coach as well. And, and so it's like, I can come to these calls saying, I am so embarrassed to be outside running in my fat body. Like I can't stop thinking about what people are thinking when they watch me run. Right. And she'll, she'll coach me around that or, or, you know, and anything. Right. And like, I'm actually signed up to go do, do, I'm doing a race with Corinne Crabtree's group, uh, group in Nashville in a few weeks. And she has arranged this race by time instead of distance. And it has just taken all of the pressure off of me. So you choose to run for one hour, two hours, or three hours, and that's it. They blow a whistle at the half point time and you turn around and come back. And it doesn't matter how far you actually go. And it's, it's like amazing to me just how changing that one little thing from distance to time totally made running a race again feel doable for me right and that wouldn't have ever existed without coaches (laughs) out there looking at doing things a different way right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's so cool oh you're gonna go to nashville i know i'm so excited we're gonna run a race and then we're gonna do some honky tonking and i'm really excited are you like are you gonna actually get to meet corinne have you i've i've met her a few times i've met her a few times but yeah she she will be there she's emceeing the whole event so she's um, hilarious and i know and and knowing her it's gonna be absolutely fabulous (laughs) i cannot wait Well, Jolene, this has been such an amazing conversation. I mean, we had the pickles and the waves and the bowling alleys and everything in there. I loved it. (laughs) Thank you so so much for joining me today. Yeah. Before we sign off, are there any last words of wisdom that you'd like to share with listeners? Oh, man. Last words of wisdom. I think, you know, one of the things I've noticed about, um, this journey of like weight loss and getting healthy is finding the re like finding the good in why you have to do this journey. And what I mean by that is when you learn these skills, when you start practicing these skills, how they are then so powerful for the rest of your life. So for me, for example, when I learned that one of the reasons why I was probably overeating was I was not paying attention. I was completely mindlessly doing it. I realized how many other things in my life I do distractedly and why I often don't get results is because I'm doing a thousand different things with no focus. So for me, the practice of eating with focus, with intention and with mindfulness is starting to go trickle into other areas of my life. And I am more efficient. I get more things done. I feel more clear. It's like, oh, okay, this one lesson with eating actually was the lesson I needed for everything else. So I think there's a beauty in that. And if we can kind of not, you know, be hard on ourselves, but really see on how the benefit of all these practices and where this is our sort of thing that we're supposed to be learning, um, then we can kind of enjoy that process more. I love it. That is brilliant. I feel like this call has been a love letter to coaching, which, mm. you know, coaching deserves all the love, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> Jolene, <laughs> if people want to learn more about you, where, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Instagram at Jolene Hermanson Coaching. And then my website is uh, JoleneHermanson.com. Um, and I'm on Facebook at Jolene Hermanson Coaching, too. Perfect. And I'll make sure all of that is in the show notes below as well. Okay, thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. 
All right. Thank you, Jolene, so much for joining us. I thoroughly enjoyed that interview. It was such a pleasure to talk to not just a fellow Canadian, but also someone um, certified in precision nutrition, which I think is just one of the most reputable places to go for nutrition information. So if you're looking for more information about PN and what they offer, just head over to their website at precisionnutrition.com. And please also check the show notes for how to find Jolene Hermanson and all of the valuable information that she has to share with you. Of course, we talk about all of this inside programming at Ways of Health as well. And if you want to learn more about that, you just head on over to us on Instagram, Facebook, or our website, waysofhealth.com. And we'll be happy to share with you anything that you need to know. Until next week, have a good one.